listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you tuning in. Uh, we've th- This is a delight for me. I, I hate to say this, but Steve Ronaldo is on tour. Jim Weber is up in New York uh, getting ready to get rained on if he's not already getting rained on, and he deserves it. I hope he's not wearing a hat because... Uh, he can get rained off and rained on, and that water will just spill right off of that bald head of Jim. So, anyway, we'll be thinking about Steve and Jim. But the reason I'm saying this is a delight to uh, be be with you all and on the show is that uh, uh, I have we have a very special guest on today. Uh, he's been on the show once before, and. Uh, we just we're delighted to have him on and uh, appreciate that uh, that he is with us today. And that's Devo, Devo Moore from uh, Tallahassee Auto Museum. Uh, Devo's been on, like I said, one time before, and uh, just absolutely a, an honor and pleasure to have him on. And before we go a whole lot further, I would like to invite everybody to take a look at Devo's web. Site. It's up on our webpage right now. You can go to www.tacm.com, Tallahassee Auto Class, uh, Tallahassee Automobile and Collectibles Museum is what it stands for. And um, then I want you to scroll down and read about DeVoe. He is a very interesting gentleman, and uh, it's just absolutely a privilege to. Uh, have him on and uh, this it, it's just just great so do that as we're going through and um, uh, doing the show today and Devo, welcome to the classic car show again thank you sir i appreciate it appreciate that induction well um you know we, we may talk a little more politics today than we normally do but uh, that's okay i, I think Everybody should uh, read what you wrote, and you said you wrote that in 1996. Is that correct? I wrote in 1996. Uh, why did you write it? Well, because government was interfering, uh, and I saw our freedom leaving. Uh, I saw how tough it was for uh, business people, especially myself, to get through the hurdles that we did not have to do in the 70s and 80s. And uh, it really started in 1990. Uh, the beginning of 1990, it started getting tougher. And it just got to the point that I was discouraged and happened to write about a tribute of the, of the times gone by. And uh, you're welcome to read it. Oh, I, I think everybody should read it. And I, I certainly... Uh... I encourage everybody to uh, take a, a look at it and um, not, you know, I, I'm one of these guys, I'm, a, I'm just a poor boy from Texas and uh, I'm a little slow on the uptake. So I would suggest everybody not only read it once, but read it twice and pay attention to what you're reading. There is more information there. It's not only the words that you have written, but also the meaning and the thought and the 
the feeling behind those words. The, those words are surrounded by what's happening today. And uh, if this was in 1996, it's an understatement and uh, of what's happening today. Um, it's it's a shame. And I basically in the message you're talking about the government coming in and interfering with everything that we're doing that's sort of an understatement uh, today they uh, i i can't personally give what's in our white house uh uh much at all but i will say that um he has done a, a fantastic job of surrounding us with difficulties from small business being strapped by Obamacare and taxes that are just incredible to the EPA that is that has basically shut our natural resource industry down, be it coal, oil, whatever, to our an IRS that has become a symbol of Gestapoism so forth and so on. And I apologize, DeVoe, this isn't about the classic car museum and the wonderful museum you have in Tallahassee, but people have to know that when they walk in your door that they're walking into an American-owned business and someone that loves our country as it was and hopefully will be in the future. So I'm off the soapbox. Let's talk about the museum. Well, that's one thing that you'll see whenever you first drive up. You'll see a big statue about about 30 foot high of Uncle Sam right out in front of the museum uh, in red, blue, and white. And I tell you, quite frankly, I'm concerned that one day that government may tell me I've got to take Uncle Sam down. But I can tell you that's not going to happen anytime soon, not with my being around. But as you enter the museum, you're going to see a sign that says that uh, Made in America but I work for it. You walk inside, you're going to see another picture of Uncle Sam with, with the American flag and the eagle uh, because the museum has been assembled by mostly American products. I think we've only got four or five uh, foreign cars. We've got a Rolls-Royce, which Rolls-Royce was made, and most people don't realize it. Uh, in 1939, I believe that year's correct, uh, Rolls-Royce entered the United States and, and made the Rolls-Royce in the United States that year with the uh, depression they had to go back to, to England so Rolls-Royce left of course we've got a Volkswagen and the museum's got to have a Volkswagen we've got a Mercedes and uh, we've got a, one or two more but other than that out of 150 some cars they're American cars the material that we have in the museum has been made in America, so we pride ourselves by being an American museum. And uh, you made a statement early on, had it not been for the 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, and having the freedom to work without government rules and regulations that stifles business today, uh, this museum wouldn't be here Uh being a blacksmith, I had the opportunity to work and earn, make money, invest money, and put it aside without so many taxes and fees. Now they got fees on everything. Well, fees is a tax, in my opinion. 
but there's no way that a that, that a blacksmith can make the money that that I've been able to make and invest and assemble a museum in which people that come through the museum say it's one of the best in the country and uh, and even the tribute that's gone by that you were speaking of today uh, back in 96 people would ask me how could I afford to display which I have on a big bronze plaque that somebody out of Louisiana had made for me uh, it's sitting in the front of the museum and in 96, people say, how can you afford to put this up and let people read it? Well, I said, how can I afford not to? Today, people read it and they want a copy of it because today, the average individual feels the effect of what I felt in 96, which the average person didn't feel that in 96 because they wasn't involved in it. Today, government's involved in everything and now they, they are affected by it. So, yes, I think it is a... Uh, very true statement that I that I made in '96, and I think more people are seeing it. Well, let, let, let's start at the beginning. Uh, you, you were uh, a blacksmith, um, which I, I love the fact that, as I mentioned to you, I farmed, and uh, if you're a farmer, you get to be a little bit of a blacksmith, uh, as well as I had a good friend that was our local uh, blacksmith, and uh, he put tips on my plows. Uh, he uh, built my uh, fantastic trailer hitch for me on my, uh, I had my own customized bumper on my pickup. Um, I don't know if there are many blacksmiths even left in the country today, but you started out as a blacksmith, and as you progressed into the construction business, what gave you your love for classic cars and, and your decision to, uh, to open a museum? Uh, DeVoe, are you still there? Well, I think we've had a, uh, a problem here and lost DeVoe, so we're going to call him back, and uh, we're going to run a couple of ads, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating huh. to protect our I constitutional rights. Uh... USJF. A nonprofit organization is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Okay, we're back on the classic car with DeVoe. We had a little technical problem. I would uh, guess that it uh, might be some way or the other associated with uh, all the rain that we're having and the, the bad weather that we're having up around Atlanta. And uh, gotta got to keep those folks in our prayers uh, from the coast of Georgia all the way up to uh, New York. We'll even pray for the the northerners up there, but uh, we got to keep those folks in mind as uh, they're going to be facing some uh, 
traumatic weather this weekend. Anyway, uh, Devo, I'd ask you about uh, how, how you decided to start the museum and, and what got you initially interested in classic cars, and that's when yeah. uh, when I lost you. Well, we, we've got the first car built in America, and but I've always had a love for the uh, cars because if you go back and think about the the early days, how did the... How did the workers make the cars without the computers, without air conditioning that we so expect today, and and just the the workmanship, the craft the craftsmanship that goes into these automobiles back in the twenties and thirties? I think is just phenomenal uh, that that they could do what they did. You go back to the first car that was built in America, whenever. Whenever they drove it out of the Charles and Frank Dury, they drove it out of their shop on the streets, and everybody else was with their horse and buggy. Just stop and think about the expression on people's face and in their mind what was taking place. So I've always had a love for the uh, for, for, for the automobiles, and I still do. And, and uh, I think it's a great. That, that's what helped. That's what helped put America. Where it is, the, the wheels that rolls and and uh, and the people buying them, uh, it, it's just a great it's a great hobby. Oh, it is. And do you do you feel like it's a, a dying hobby, or are we going to have the kids to uh, keep it up and, and keep going with it? No, it's not a dying hobby. It's uh, for some people that can't afford it. Uh, it is. But, uh, there's there's going to be cars. There's going to be cars as long as we're around, and people's going to have. Uh, I do see more and more museums being sold, which kind of disturbs me. Uh, there's more and more collections that are being broke up. Uh, you get flyers all the time about some private collection being sold. I think it'd be a lot harder for the younger people to be able to come along and assemble a collection. Uh, this day and time, with the with the government infringing on everything that they do, and and all the fees and taxes they've got to pay, I think it'd be very hard for for the younger people to assemble what I've been able to assemble. Uh, so, from that aspect, yes, it probably is. But there, there's a lot of there, there's just a lot of cars out there. Well, is it uh, becoming any easier to find the cars, or is it becoming more difficult all the time to uh, find them and and restore them? Well, the restoration is very expensive this day and time. Uh, you've got a you've got a guy there in Atlanta, uh, outside of Atlanta on the west side, that, that restores some of my automobiles. Bill Guerin, uh he's an individual. Uh, does a super good job, uh, but it's very, very expensive. Uh, the first car that my wife and I bought was a 1931 Model A uh, coupe out of Waynesville, North Carolina. And incidentally, I'm I'm a farmer out of Tennessee, Greenville, Tennessee, uh, and I learned to shoot horses in Chevyville, Tennessee. <laughs> so, uh, and I was born between Hot Springs and, and uh, Waynesville and a little place called Greasy Branch. So uh, I come from the, the farm country. But my wife and I was up there visiting. We, we saw a 31 coupe. 
I bought it. Now, this was this was back probably in the seventies or eighties, and I had it restored. And uh, I will never get my money out of it because the the restoration was so expensive. But it's sitting in the museum, and it's got a special special place and special meaning. But it's very expensive to restore a car unless you can do it on your own. You've got to farm it out and have it done. It's a lot cheaper to buy one already restored than it is to, to restore one. As far as finding cars, they're out there. you just got to be willing to pay the price or find somebody that's willing to negotiate and uh, and get a good price on it. What? But the cars, muscle cars, classic cars is what's come along with the younger generation. They're not interested in the older cars, the the, uh, the 20s or the 30s. They're interested in the, the the classic cars, the muscle cars, and that's that's what's popular. And that's what they're having in front of the museum today as a kind of a classic muscle car uh, show. Well, you know, uh, I guess it's, it, as you and I grew up, we could every now and then we'd see some of the classic cars, the 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 pre World War Twos driving around, even in the in the. Uh, Early fifties, I can remember seeing some, and then you had the the uh, the World War Two cars, the nineteen forty three, forty four, forty five uh, era cars, and, and the late thirties cars that were driving around in the in the late forties. Um, and but kids uh, kids today, like you said, they're into muscle cars because they they never saw they never saw a. a a Model A or a Model T necessarily on on the road, um, whereas you and I grew up and we in some of the back roads we certainly saw them. Uh, so let, let's let's talk uh, about you started the walking through the museum. Let's walk through it, and I know you've got um, you've got a couple of my favorite cars, which happen to be the '64, '65 Mustangs. I I had one back then. Bought a brand that was one that was my first new car. As a matter of fact, it was a '64 and a half uh, Mustang, and uh, I wish I had it sitting in. I, there are a lot of wishes I had of cars. One is one is my Mustang, and the other is my '67 Austin Healey. I wish both of them were sitting in my garage, and what's in my garage today was sitting out in the rain. But you know, we we all make our mistakes as we go through life. But anyway, let's walk through your muse- museum right quick. And, and uh, you have a, a unique piano. You have that hearse that uh, was Lincoln's hearse. I find that just fascinating. Uh, but from there, let's uh, let's walk through it together. Well, the first thing, if you look at your right, whenever you walk in, you'll see Buffalo Bill's gun. Uh, then if you walk on down, you're going to see the, the according to Steinway, it's the best collection of classic. Uh, <laughs> pianos in the world. Uh, there's no other class of pianos like the ones that we've got. The Amapada, the Peace Piano, the White House Piano. The, it's just a, uh, an incredible uh, collection of brand new pianos from Steinway. Then you get Abraham Lincoln's hearse, uh, which Smithsonian tried to get back uh, whenever it was in uh, uh, Georgia. Then the first car built in America and from the first car we go through, <clears throat> the early 1900 cars, and then we, and that's one thing that makes the museum unique is that we haven't gone with just classic cars and muscle cars. We've got 
the first car all the way up to the GTs, the Ford, new Ford GTs. But we've got the, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, 80s. Uh, so we've just got a great uh, assortment of, of cars. And, and that's the way I've assembled it because I wanted to have a, a variety that would show what America, what what's transpired in America over the over the years. You know, something that goes along exactly with what you're saying is the fact that we, the automobile, and the history of the automobile is so important, and we can't let it. They have written it out of the history books in in schools today. But without the automobile, we wouldn't be what we are today, and we wouldn't be what we were in 1940 when we uh, we were called arms and we were able to turn automobile manufacturing plants into military manufacturing plants. The automobile has made the United States, in my opinion, and the history of it just can't be taken away from us. We've got People, uh, young kids, uh, young adults have to understand how important the automobile industry was and could be tomorrow. Well, I think you referred to it as, I, I refer to it as wheels that keeps America rolling because whether it's a locomotive or the buses or the automobiles or the, or the farm wagon, uh, the wheels is what's, what's kept America moving forward. Absolutely, and uh, unfortunately some of those wheels now are coming from uh, our competitive uh, uh, countries instead of being manufactured here, but at the same token, a lot of the foreign countries are manufacturing here because we have the technology. You mentioned something earlier, and and I want to just brush by it. I grew up, (laughs) and... uh, I'm sure you can appreciate this. When I was in high school, I took a class. Oh, my God, I hope you're sitting down. But it was called mechanical drawing. We had It was called mechanical drawing. We had a thing called a T-square. And um, I can remember, and and I know you can too, and I, I bet you your knees were just as sore as my knees were as a kid because in September... I'd be crawling around on the sidewalk in front of the auto dealerships trying to peek in under that paper that covered the window showing the the new cars that were coming out for the year. I, I bet you never did that, did you? I took mechanical drawing in high school, and the first job that I got whenever I came to FSU was because I had mechanical drawing, and they taught me how to make my numerals and my letters Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my job. So, yes, you go back to some of the times that uh, we had in high school, which was very helpful. Well, now, uh, like I said, did, my, my point being, did you ever, for the new cars, you know, every year you had a model change in Chevy and Ford and Chrysler. And, and in September, I'd be crawling around trying to look in the windows of the, of the Ford dealership or the Chevy dealership. My point being, those cars were designed with the same tools that you and I had in mechanical drawing class. Now they have AutoCAD, you know, it takes, what, about 20 seconds to design a new car in AutoCAD? Oh, I... The 50, you remember the 
Every one of those cars was designed with that T, basically the T square, and what you and I learned in mechanical drawing, and uh, and they put out a brand new car, new model every year with the changes on it, and some of them had drastic changes that they had to regear their whole manufacturing plants, the GM plants, the Ford plants, and today. They keep putting out the same thing over and over again. I, you know, I can remember driving down, and I know you did this too in your family, driving down the road at night or during the day, you could spot and identify and, and tell somebody what kind of car was in front of you. Today... You can't do that today. <laughs> they're all the same. Can't, can't tell can't one from the other. Today. No, sir. But I bet you played that game, didn't you? Oh yes, sir, and still, still try to, but you just can't win. No, I think the house is stacked against us on uh, on identifying what kind of cars in front of you today. But you know, you're talking about the cars, uh, or you're talking about that's one thing that uh, I think we've got to look at for the future. And although a lot of people won't agree with it. Trump is saying the things that need to be said to bring automobiles back to America. Yes, sir. I uh, I, I totally think, agree. I think that, that he's saying a lot of things that we need to hear. And uh, I think get the manufacturing back into the United States is uh, is coming from, from his mouth. And I think that's what the politicians got to do. You know, to get, to get the manufacturing automobiles back into America, we've got to stand up for what made America great. And automobiles is one of the things that helped make America great. Oh, no, no question about it. Um, we got to get back to it. As you as you walk through your museum, and again, this has been more. This is is becoming more of a political than a than a museum show, but it, it's all tied together. You know, I can as you walk through your museum and you look at the '55, the '56s, the the even the the '60 model cars that you have in muse in your museum. Do you ever? And I I think back about this all the time. I can remember. I was only a kid in in the '50s, but I could remember in the '50s and the '60s that uh, uh, the employees quote, unquote, the union, the United Auto Workers would uh, say they're going to strike GM and put GM out of business if they didn't get their demands, and there'd be the negotiation and all this. And as a kid, I, I knew nothing about economics. I, I You know, I was just in, in grade school, but I, I kept questioning. I'd question my father, how can, how can this work that, a, a, a worker wants to be guaranteed not only salary, but a pension after he stops working, and he wants health insurance after he stops working. How can a company afford to keep paying people that aren't doing anything for him? And we saw the results of it in the in the late '90s, the early. Uh, uh, turn of the century the, into the 21st century where unions 
crippled and killed or helped kill, almost kill, the auto industry in the United States. Do you agree? Uh, well, that's probably true, but I think now you've got to look at it as government doing the same thing to us today under government. You've got the same thing that's taking place in local government, federal government, that uh, you're talking about with the unions back with the automobiles. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, we didn't learn. We, we didn't learn. Our government hasn't learned. Our politicians, our leaders hasn't learned what crippled America back then. They're applying it to us today, and that's why it's going to be much tougher for these younger people to accumulate the cars that I've been able to accumulate because I came up in a time whenever I could accumulate today, they're going to be paying taxes and fees instead of buying automobiles. That's it. Uh, DeVoe, we got to take a break right quick. Uh, we're up against a hard break coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, stay with us, and we'll be back with DeVoe Moore from the Tallahassee Automobile and Collectibles Museum in Tallahassee, Florida, right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do thank you for listening to America's Web Radio. We've got uh, Mr. DeVoe Moore on from the Tallahassee Automobile and Collectibles Museum in Tallahassee, Florida. DeVoe, are you getting any of uh, the bad weather right now? Are we getting any what, sir? Are, are, we getting any, are you all getting any of the bad weather, the rain? 
No, it's, uh, it's cloudy, but it looks like it's going to turn out to be a pretty good day for the star show. Well, good. We appreciate that. Uh, a little bit yesterday, but it's clearing up today. You said that uh, your car show was going to be, uh, in fact, if you go to your home page, which I'm on right now, um, uh, and scroll down, you'll see uh, the information about what's going on with the uh, uh at, at the museum today. You want to describe what kind of uh, uh, exhibit and what y'all are doing there? The, let's see. This is the an, the 11th annual Tallahassee All-Car Club Show and Shine. And it's going to happen rain or shine. So what kind of cars are going to be there and, and uh, what kind of show is it? It's mostly probably Mustang, your, your, your muscle and classic cars, uh, There'll be, I saw some, I just saw some older cars drive up, so there'll be, there'll be, there'll be some different cars, different, uh, different years, different makes, but it's probably mostly Mustang, uh, shows. They've got vendors for food, and I think they're expecting 80, 90 cars out. Wow, so uh, you give them uh, coffee and donuts? Well, they'll be able to buy coffee donuts out there. Uh, you know, museums don't make money. They spend money. That's, they're sort of like so owning a boat, aren't they? It's kind of hard to open up a, uh, a breakfast place for them. But museums are, uh, people should appreciate museums because there's very few museums that make money. You know, uh, speaking of that, I, I wanted to go through. You also have, and I think you may have been one of the first that mentioned it, how many weddings have you all had at, at uh, the museum? Well, we do have banquet rooms. Uh, that's one reason that we've been able to be probably successful with the museum. We've got six, six different uh, conferences. We've got two 15,000-square-foot rooms. Wow. We had an event uh, last night in one of the 15,000, the Auburn and incidentally, the rooms are named uh, Auburn, Cord, Duesenberg, uh, uh, Tucker. We we named the rooms after the automobiles. But uh, the Tallahassee Hospital is uh, using another 15,000-square-foot room this afternoon. So these banquet rooms do provide the income to, uh, to pay the light bill. And incidentally, our light bill, if I put the key in the front door and turn the light switch on, it's about $350 a day just to light, air conditioning, and, and uh, open the doors. Keep the doors open. So it's it's mm-hmm. expensive. Uh, a museum is a very expensive uh, hobby. What uh, we, we always ask this, and I, I can't remember. I know we w- would have asked it last year when we interviewed you. Well, if you had to choose a favorite car, what would it be in your museum? Well, that's, you know, that's, that's really, you need to come down and see, see the museum. But that's tough, but if, if you look at the Auburn that was built back in the late 20s, look at the, the craftsmanship that went into it, or, or either the Cord or the, the Duesenberg. But, you know, early on I mentioned the 56 T-Bird. Whenever I was in high school, I wanted one. That was about 31 dollars $3,200. There wasn't enough money around to buy it. Uh, that used to be my favorite, but you got to look at some of the other automobiles, and that—that's a tough. Uh, That—that's—it's it, tough to pick out just one automobile. <laughs> 
Well, I, I'm I'm sure you you go by and pat them all on the fender at one time or the other during the day or over the over a week's time. You said that a bunch of Mustangs would be coming. What what is a '65 Mustang in in good shape bringing today, or what can you find one for? I I know what I paid for my '64 and a half was 2,400 bucks. It was not air conditioned, but it was uh, had everything else but an air conditioner. Well, see, I don't look at them as being in good shape. I look at them as being museum quality, and and perhaps you can buy buy one of those for fifteen to twenty thousand uh, dollars. Somebody at least get rid of one in in uh, in museum condition. Uh, you can buy one much less in good drivable condition. Uh, but there's always don't get in a hurry to buy an automobile because. Somebody needs to sell one sooner or later, and they need the money for the kids' education. They're willing to take a better deal, make a better deal on it because they they need to sell it, and that's that's the time to buy, and that's the type to look for. But uh, they're out there; you just got to be patient and wait. Where do you find them when you when you're looking? Is that a is that a trade secret or can you divulge where you? No, I've been all over. The, I've been all over the United States. I've been to Alhead, Maine. I've been to Seattle, Washington. I've been been I've been all over the United States. Uh, Lubbock, Texas is where I picked up my fifty-five uh, T-Bird. Uh, California. I've got a car in California right now that'll probably be coming this way within the next few weeks but now, i've found now, them all over the all over the united states you realize you hit right. on my hometown you bought your your uh, t-bird from in lubbock texas uh you that's know where, where lubbock, I'm from. texas is do i know where it is that's where i was born that's, that's on the other side of hell <laughs> no not quite monahan's texas is but lubbock's not you know you just gotta like the fact that it has no trees well, no, you drive from Tallahassee, you leave on a Friday night or uh, early, early Saturday morning, you drive to Lubbock, Texas from Tallahassee, and you turn around and drive back and be at work at Monday morning, that's a long trip. That, <laughs> well, let's see, from Tallahassee, it's probably about, about 750 miles, I'm guessing. How much? 750. Well, it's a long way. But yeah. Now that, see, that, that, that's another interesting point about my automobiles. I accumulated them back whenever gas was, you know, 80 cents, 90 cents a gallon. And if you think, and, and I've gone out and trailered most of these cars back to the museum, I have a friend that go with me, or my wife would go with me, and uh, I had a tractor trailer rig. But today, it, it killed at two fifty three dollars $3 a gallon. Can you imagine what it would cost to accumulate 150 cars? Oh, uh, uh, to be quite honest, no, I really can't. It, it would uh, it would boggle my mind beyond belief to to try and think It'd about that. It'd be expensive. That. Oh, <laughs> very expensive. Very, very expensive. Uh, and, but and I enjoy the cars. I like to see other people enjoy them, and, uh, and people do. They come through. They're very much what we've got in this museum here in Tallahassee. Do you uh, do you and, remember? Uh, or do you recall any grandparent uh, stories as they were taking their grandkids through the museum? 
I'm going to tell you, it's, uh, a lot of the older people that come through it, sometimes it's hard to get them out of here because they reminisce about what went on back in the days that they had a lot of these cars. And uh, and they really, uh, it seems like the older the people are, the more they enjoy them because oh, yeah. they can just reminisce about about what what went on with the automobiles. You know, I, I, I bet that uh, you've seen this hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah, you see a, a couple there, and, and the, the guy or the, the woman, they're standing there, might be holding hands. Maybe they're in their 60s, early 70s or whatever, and, and they're looking at a car, and, and both of them, a smile comes over their face, and you just wonder what they're thinking about, don't you? Oh, some of them have said what uh, what we're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we repeat it on radio? Uh, well, they would just say, "If my daddy only knew <laughs> what that uh, back seat was for." That what what went on in the back seat. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you something I'll never forget, and I, I think I can say this on on the radio. You certainly can we on this double, show. We we were double dating in Tampa, Florida. And I was sitting in the back seat with a with a good looking gal, and uh, something was said. And I said, "Well, either the radio was on or they turned the radio on." I said, "Well, if I could just put my head between these mountains, I couldn't hear it thunder." <laughs> About that time, a lightning hit me across the face. <laughs> that was back in the that that was back in the fifties, and you didn't say something like that back in the fifties. <laughs> and I got a slap across my face, and I'll never forget. That's funny. That's so, again, that was in the back seat. Mm-hmm. And driving down the Hillsborough, uh, or Florida Avenue in Tampa, Florida. The You know, one of the worst things, in my opinion, that happened, uh, and, and it was in about the 65 era when the when the uh, T-Bird, well, the T-Bird was already out in 55, but and I guess it started back then, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that front, bench seat was not the worst thing in the world and then when they started putting bucket seats in the in the uh in cars it, it made it a little tough if you had a two door with bucket seats you had to open the open the doors to get in the back seat you had to take the light out of your overhead uh, thing so you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, announce to everybody in the world that you were getting in the back seat so there were difficulties with those bucket seats yeah they were and these big cars were pretty good size. So, but you know, I enjoy coming down to the museum, looking at the cars. Uh, I come down early in the morning. I'll stay, but my office is here, and it's such a pleasure to uh, to be in a surrounding like this. That uh, I don't know what it'd be like to have to go out and get a job working in in some other place. Oh, I I, I tell you, Devoe, knowing your history and talking to you. You've had many jobs, and you're very fortunate that uh, you've been able to take those jobs and turn them into uh, what you love and what, you, what you're doing now, both in construction and, and in having the museum. You know, it's, it's my opinion that uh, the public should not only pay the admission to come into your museum, but they should leave you uh, a note of thanks for doing it for them and uh, that they can they can – like you said, reminisce and uh, 
also at the same time introduce their family, their kids to the classic cars. We're going to take our last break, and we'll be back with DeVoe right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. Uh, your host, David Moxley, today, instead of Steve and uh, Jim, are both out of town. But they, this has given me a great opportunity to talk to... Well, DeVoe, I'm, 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 I don't want to use... The t- I never use this term loosely, but... Uh, I think we've established a friendship over the year, and, and uh, I would like to call you a friend and, and say that we're talking to a friend of the radio station as well as, as a personal friend, DeVoe Moore, who has the Tallahassee Automobile and Collectibles Museum. You know, it's in my opinion, it's so important. Museums today, and you, you sort of have two or three different kinds of museums, but I must say the ones that are owned and operated by the individual, by the person that loves cars, loves history, those are the best. The ones that are a little colder, that are corporate, I'm not going to throw rocks at them. They certainly serve a purpose in history and and bringing history to light. But I think the best ones are the ones that... uh, uh, are the, are the owned and operated by by the people that uh, that started them and and have kept the collection up. Let me ask, uh, how do you go out and are you still looking for cars? And if so, do you do it or do you have people uh, that are out looking for cars for you? No, I, a lot. That that's a good question. A lot of people ask it, but I've got to say, if I earn my money, I spend my money. <laughs> so I don't let other people. I don't let other people. Somebody can tell me about an automobile, uh, but our building is 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 completely. I don't have room for another automobile. It has to be a special car. I'm interested in cars, uh, but it's got to be special, and uh, it's got to be something unique, something uh, that I don't have. I just bought a uh, a Bronco. I think a '65 Bronco and a. 1940 Ford with the Hemings motor, but they're they're, they're museum. They're 
probably the finest quality that you'll ever see. Uh, I just purchased those two and put them in the museum. Uh, but let, let me say, we've got so much more than just automobiles. We've got the largest collection of Batmobile or cars and memorabilia in the U.S. We've got the largest collection of outboard motors that's restored. These aren't old motors, but they're, they're old motors, but they've been restored to like brand new. We've got the largest collection of calculators uh, that they know of. We've got the largest collection of case knives that they know of. We've got doll collection. We've got we've got pedal cars. Uh, we've got motorcycles. We've just got so many different items that makes this museum unique, and it's what makes people love it because it's not just cars. There's so many other items uh, that that goes along. We've got uh, we've got an old general store with with uh, a lot that's set up like an old store back in the back in the 20s, 30s. Uh, we've got a train museum that's probably one of the best in the southeast. Uh, with just so many other items other than cars that, that that makes it unique. What what are future plans for the museum, Deville? Well, the museum's a 501 uh, C3 and hopefully and that I'll be right unless government interferes to the point that it can't. The museum's been set up to where uh, my two girls should be able to to maintain it, and the banquet rooms will be able to provide funds that they can keep it open. Now, what we are seeing, and uh, and local government won't appreciate this, what we are seeing is that, that government is providing some of the same service that we're trying to provide and they're providing it with my tax dollars. So that takes funds, that takes some of their working capital from us. And, and I'm talking about, you know, banquet rooms or, or facilities that, that people can go to that's that's either much cheaper than what we can afford to do it. They can afford to do it because they got the tax dollars. I'm, I'm assuming you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, that, you, you, you've that, made it very clear. Yes, sir. That may affect us in the future with being able to provide the funds to keep the museum open. But as long as, as, long as the funds are there to keep the museum open, uh, the museum set up to where it can, it can go as long as the funds are here to keep it open. The, and, I, and again, we've this got is... no reason. We've got, uh, we're not interested in, uh, in auctioning it off uh, or getting rid of it. In the future, it'll be it, it'll it'll be right here uh, uh, in, in the future. So that's that's the plans that's that that we've laid out. Do you and and we've talked about government and government interference and all this, but do you think the people inside your the Tallahassee gov, government appreciate the museum? No, sir. Our government doesn't appreciate it. I'm willing to stand right here and tell you I hope they're listening to me. They they don't appreciate it. There's an article in the paper yesterday about the tourists that this community uh, that's provided that the tourists that comes into Tallahassee. uh, Our government doesn't appreciate the museum. Uh, Local government doesn't. 
because I am an outspoken person about the way government treats us. Just like the tribute of the, the, the years that's gone by, uh, government doesn't like for somebody to come along and and uh, be critical of their spending. Uh, we just had a, a property tax increase. They went to 27%. Whenever they got down to it, they brought it down to 13%. So we just had a 13% increase in property tax. But then we looked for economic development. Well, how do you get economic development whenever you tax businesses out of business? You can't. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, too much so. Um, well. Hello? Yeah, too much so. I understand exactly what Did you're you saying. Me? Pardon me? I, I I understand exactly what you're saying. Hello. Okay, have, have you lost me on your end this time? Hello. Uh, well, I obviously uh, yeah. De, Devoe is isn't able to hear me. Let's uh, let's uh, break here for a second, and uh, we'll call we'll call Devoe back. Um, Devoe, are you able to hear me now? Okay, well, we're obviously having another technical... Hello. Yeah, DeVoe, we must be having another technical problem. I'll, Hello. I'll call you right back. Okay, folks, uh, we have no choice but to uh, uh, go with it, go with the flow, as you might imagine. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, well, the you, pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital okay, panels, can you hear me? giving you the freedom to choose. Okay, and with a maximum of $500 on. out of pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can yeah, rest assured knowing you and the, your family uh, are protected. The, uh, coverage starts as low as $107 per month we'll, and also we'll, includes we'll dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Okay, and we're back on the Classic Car Show. i got to apologize for the technical problems, and uh, maybe, uh, maybe somebody that's in charge of the weather needs to apologize to us, but... Uh, when you're doing live radio, things happen, and when you're doing live Internet radio, more things happen. Uh, we're counting on technology that most of the time works, but not all of the time. But, DeVoe, thanks for staying with us and uh, and working with us through uh, whatever our problems have been. I'm not sure. I, I, I think it's the weather. I, can't, I haven't had this many uh, technical problems in, in a long, long time. but uh, Well, we got bad you know, weather from your area all the way down to our area, and I imagine 
that's probably got something to do with it. But we've made it. We've made it, and uh, we're, we've uh, told folks about the museum. And uh, what um, some of your takeaways, what, what would you want people to know not only about the museum but about DeVoe and and uh, invite them down, invite them to your website, and uh, let's give you give your hours that you're open and also the, the admission and so forth. Well, we're open from 8 till 5, uh, Monday through Friday, from 10 till 5 on uh, Saturday, and from 12 till 5 on uh, Sunday. General admission, if it's one individual, it's 17, 50. If it's two, it's 15 kids or, or less. Uh, and for, well, up to four years old is free, and then seven fifty, and then students is $10. Uh, but they get the money's worth. Uh, it's our museum. Most people that go through it that's been to a lot of museums, they say it's one of the best that they've ever been through. And they certainly say it's one of the cleanest ones. We do strive to keep this museum very clean, and uh, we get a lot of comments on that. If anyone comes to the museum at this point, I'll give them their money back. Uh, I've never had to give anyone their money back at this time, but I'm sure somebody will test me one of these days. <laughs> but uh, you're, you're welcome to come down. I'll give you a free tour at one of the cost of seventeen fifty. How's that? That sounds like a deal that I can't refuse. Uh, and uh, might get a uh, RC cola and a moon pie there. Well, you'd have to go outside and eat it because we don't allow drinks. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you and I could go out and and, uh, and talk it over as we're having. Uh, do you remember the moon pies? Oh, I remember RC and moon pies. Okay, uh, I'm I'm from Tennessee, and uh, I remember the RC and the moon pies. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, you, you and I'll have to talk about reparation one of these days. Uh, I've always felt like if if reparation ever came around, well, then I want. I want our plantation back that was in Tennessee uh, before the Civil War. So I, I think that's a fair deal, don't you? Well, we hope that it never comes back, but it, it very well could the way things are going. And uh, that's the reason I'm so passionate about America and products made in America. I'm sitting right here at the Trumpet Museum inside, and I've got a sign up that shows Uncle Sam made in America. And that's really our logo, is Made in America. That's what we want to be known for, is Made in America. Uh, we got the American cars, American material, and, uh, and I'm not interested in the, the, the material and, and so forth that comes from, from overseas. I'm interested in what our forefathers left us, made for us. Yes, sir. And, uh, and we've got. DeVoe, i got to thank you for being on again today, and uh, you and I'll be in touch. Sorry for the interruptions. Uh, that that's that's life. But uh, we will be talking to you very very shortly. And uh, thank you again for being on the Classic Car Show with me today. Well, it was certainly a pleasure, and you're welcome to come down any time. As I told you before, and I hope you will. And uh, we'll be looking forward. It's a great pleasure to be on it and talk to you about the, the cars with you. Thank you, sir. I hope we can do it again someday. Thank you, sir, and have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. We'll be back next week on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 